Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls and I'm your host, your unbelievably grateful host, because I have one of the most able people that I have ever known or met in my entire life. Her name is Gloria Mayfield Banks. She is like, I, I had the honor and privilege of seeing her speak at the 10X Growth Con years ago. And then I had an even greater honor and privilege of having her speak at a mastermind that I recently did a retreat in Florida. And this woman is, you just wait. So listen, do me a favor right now, stop what you're doing and share this out. Don't be selfish, share this out and let's get a million people on here. We'll see you guys in a second. And we're back. Let's bring Gloria on. Gloria, welcome to the show. I am ready for a breakthrough. I am oh. ready for a breakthrough, kid. I'm really ready for a breakthrough. And I'm ready oh. for everybody that's associated with you to have one. I'm excited to be on your show. I really am. Uh, oh, my gosh. I am like if if my tongue is like swollen, like I can't even speak today. Um, listen, I, I am I'm beyond honored to have you on here. You are one of the most incredible people I've ever met. I'm I'm going to be real with you though. Okay. Like you were in Orlando speaking to our group and and I I didn't know what to expect, but I did not expect what you delivered and it was unfreaking believable. Over the top. Wow. Over the top. Wow. So, um I'm I'm just honored to know you, call you a friend, and and have you on here, Gloria. So, um, I, I want to say that the event in Orlando was game changer. It was really was a game changer event, and the uh, atmosphere was such professionally put together, yeah. yet such a relaxing, ambitious environment. Not many people can master a comfortable yet ambitious group of people that will make such a big difference. So I was honored to participate. Oh my gosh. It was, it was incredible. And having you and Tim story there at the same time was like, like what, what <laughs> is happening right now? So, so Gloria, it's all, it's, you know what, it's been um, five years ago that I started this show. Wow. And, and it was, it was literally, um, to, to help people have a breakthrough in life. Mm -hmm. And Lord knows you've had a couple of those. <laughs> so, so I, I real, let's start with what tell you tell everybody where you were born and raised. Okay. All right. Great. I love, I love this journey <clears throat> of telling people your true self. Yeah. So I'm born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. I hope they can tell I'm a Midwest girl. And um, I'm the third of four girls. My parents had a phenomenal marriage, um, 62 years married before my dad passed. Oh, wow. So it was a it was great growing up in a household where my parents, I don't know if they knew that, but they were very intentional about building a strong self-esteem. Mm -hmm. 
So um, all four of us have ended up being uh, entrepreneurs. It's so interesting, Ken, because none of us saw entrepreneurship as a role model. Our parents weren't entrepreneurs. Aunts and uncles weren't, didn't go that path. So that was pretty interesting. When I was in the seventh grade, I discovered through testing that I'm dyslexic. Until I was in the seventh grade, it was a very, very, very difficult path of education for me. And it was so interesting because both my parents at one time in their careers were teachers. And then my mom was still a teacher. And then she eventually she was she went from nursing to become a teacher because she raised four girls and she wanted to have different hours. But <clears throat> she didn't know I was dyslexic. So she was the kind of parent, as many parents are, that would stay up day and night to get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> she would hand make the flashcards like oh Gloria, Gloria, four times eight. And I'm like, yes, just to get her approval, right? <laughs> Oh my God. It was, it, was, it was amazing. But then I will tell you, there was a teacher in high school who saw my gifts and called my mother. And she said, you know, Gloria's got some gifts. Now I could type. This is so interesting. Ken. I could type, but I couldn't read. I could type, but I couldn't spell. Wow. Interesting. I mean, I could type. So she put me in this business class, at which time I fell in love with business. Yeah. And um, at the same time, I was a cheerleader. And of course, I was the captain. Of course, you were. That's when I really learned my leadership skills, that, that I had those skills, that I had those skills. That I had, that's why I was so excited when I heard that your daughter became a cheerleader. I was like, whoa. I mean, I there's a path for, for that. And so it was, it was great. It was a great upbringing. Then I went on to college in Washington, D.C. That's when I left Detroit. Wow. Why did you pick Washington to go to college or did it pick you? No, I picked it. I went to Howard University, uh, um, HBCU, Historical Black College, and my sister had gone there first. Now, my sister went to Howard University and then I went to Harvard University and then she went to Harvard Business School and then I went to Harvard Business School. So there was a lot of uh, similarities there. That wasn't the choice for my parents. So my parents wanted me to go to Hampton University, which is another great HBCU, except for me, it had a curfew. <laughs> <laughs> so my mother really wanted me to go there and I really didn't want to go there because my sister had gone to Howard and um, it just had, you know, different priorities there. And so I just mm -hmm. ended up going to Howard and I absolutely loved the experience, loved the experience. And it really prepared me, really prepared me. So, so you went to Howard yes, and the, and got your, the, your undergrad. Yes. And then you ended up at Harvard right after that. Yes. Yes. Well, this is what happened. So interesting. Again, I have a teacher. That's why I'm so passionate about role models and mentors. I'm really passionate because one good one can change the directory of everything. So I remember my, my, my look, my wife just said that. It's amazing yeah. how one teacher can make such an impact in our yes. lives. Yes. Hi, Jill. Yeah, absolutely. So so <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. And there was one teacher, because I took business. That's an interesting story, why I took business, because it was the only one that didn't require a thesis. And because <laughs> I was dyslexic, I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing a thesis. <laughs> I am not writing a long paper. And it, it was a lot of reasons, but that was one of the major reasons. Anyway, this one teacher said to me, if you go into sales, 
your success will not be objective. Will not be subjective. One of the other two. I get them all mixed up. Will not be subjective. It'll be objective. Right. Right. And, but I knew I was meant for leadership. So I wanted to go. And in that class, at that moment, I decided I wanted sales leadership. What I did was I took a job with Polaroid in management and they had a management program and it was all about um, manufacturing and that I could take that course. So I was really excited about taking that position from that course. I went into leadership, had nothing to do with sales. From that, I went to Harvard Business School. I got my MBA. And from there, I started my sales career with IBM. And what did that look like? Uh, how did how does one sell? Uh, and I know it's going to sound like a stupid question, but no. like IBM kind of sells itself. Like, what yeah. what do you do to to go out and sell IBM services? I know that that is such a great question, Kim. Because number one, not many people go from Harvard Business School to sales. Right. They go from Harvard Business School to Wall Street. Right. They go right. from Harvard Business School to another big corporate type of position that's assumed that's where you go. Yeah. So IBM was very intentional at for about a year or two about bringing leadership and very smart people into their sales force because they wanted a quantum leap. So I decided to go to IBM. They gave, gave us a great offer. And I was selling the $4 million computers. This is when they had the really big computers. Long yeah. sales cycle. I learned so much about sales and about the love of sales when I was learning IBM, when I was working for IBM, because I even had to learn the computer language. Okay, everybody imagine this. What? Dyslexic. What? English is enough. <laughs> But then to learn computer language, X, O, X, O, X, 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 O, I was like, okay, got it. But oh, I did. Man. I learned it. I learned how to become a phenomenal salesperson. And I became part of their 100% club. Then I became number one in the branch. I learned about people skills. I learned about working with your support team. I work, learned about customer service. I learned about working with customers who didn't expect me to walk through the door. Mm. And turn them into a relationship, understanding their needs, able to explain it to them. I understood what sales really was, which was problem solving. And I became really good at it and I loved it. And so I spent two years there, two or three years there. And then someone came and got me and asked me to do marketing. And I became an executive for a marketing company. And what I did was I used to teach other people how to, tr how to write code for another computer company. And I did that for a couple of years. So you, le you left IBM and went to a marketing company. I did. I okay. left IBM, went into corporate the way that a Harvard business school person goes into corporate kind of thing at a wow. high level. I was a highly paid executive and I used to travel a lot. It was a great, it was a great position. Again, a lot of learning with Stratus computers, you know, one of those fabulous offices with yeah. a fabulous uh, American Express corporate card with a fabulous title, you know, with a <laughs> yeah. that was great. Um, however, it wasn't, it was great for a lot of reasons, a lot of training, a lot of education, but you've never been in a situation where you're excelling, but you know, it's not you. You're doing really great, but it's not necessarily what's meant to you. Yep. Excelling 
And being successful doesn't necessarily mean it matches your passion. Right. So, um, wow. It was at a tough time as well, Ken, in my life, because I had miscarried three children before that. And, you know, when I go back, which we sort of, which I sort of skipped over, you know, I was in the midst of domestic violence. Yeah. And I started Harvard Business School with a black eye. I went through these career changes with domestic violence. I remember, Ken, for anybody can relate, because I I tell the story a lot and I want to tell you why. Number one. Domestic violence affects one out of every three women. Whoa. Either, right, right. They either have been with it, they've seen it, um, or they know someone who's been strongly impacted. One out of every three. And I've gone on the Senate floor to talk about this. Wow. And the reason I talk about it so uh, frequently is because the biggest issue with domestic violence is silence, is the fact that people don't talk about it. So I talk about it and a lot of people come, and it's been a very interesting place for me because the same with dyslexia, not a lot of people talk about being dyslexic. So it's just a lot. So at that time in my life, after I had lost three kids um, and then I started successfully having children, I have two children now, yeah. It was just a time that I needed to make a change. A girlfriend called me and she said, you know, I'm leaving Harvard Business School in admissions. And do you want to apply for this job? And I was like, admissions work? No, admissions work was never <laughs> part of the, uh, yeah. uh, the, the plan. Except <laughs> yeah. I had gone to Harvard. Yeah. So now I find myself, Ken, as a person who's reading 85,000 applications selecting people who get to go to Harvard Business School and change the trajectory of their life. So uh, I want to, I want, I don't want to, I don't want to skip over the, um, what we didn't really, but yeah. When, when you were in the midst of the, the domestic violence stuff, were you, you were married? Yes. I was married. I was married. Yes. So Okay. You know, when we, I, I don't mind talking about it because I think it's important. I think and it I think it's important for men and women because every man knows a lot of women, yeah. daughters, parents. My sister, best friend was killed in domestic violence while she was in college. So oh it's a God. big deal. But, and so what I say to people, Ken, I say, you, when you look at me, you're going to see a very smart, successful, um, professional woman who was in domestic violence for 10 years. Wow. I did not have the courage to leave for myself until I had a daughter. And when I had a daughter, God woke me up very loudly and said, if you don't get out of there, this is what's going to happen to her. Oh my God. So, you know, and he was very smart. He went to Harvard Business School. He was, you know, what I considered to be the catch at the time. So, you know, all these things go on and I saw some of it prior to getting married. I can honestly tell you, I saw some of it. My father said to me, he looked me dead in the eyes. I don't know what he knew, but he said, Gloria, if you don't want me to walk you down that aisle, I will go in that church and I will tell everyone to go home. I said, no, daddy, I'm ready to go. There were 700 people at that wedding. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, it was my mother's friends, their best friends, 
their best friend's friends and their best friends and every cousin in the world. And <laughs> it was a huge wedding. And I wow. said, oh. And, you know, I tell people all the time, Ken, we all know this, that whatever is your gift can sometimes work to your detriment. Right. And this gift of optimism that I had was a detriment to me at this moment because right. I will, I can fit everything. I can. It's not a problem. And by the way, Shaka Dyson, you need to, he's business partners with Grant Cardone. He's a really, he's one of my best friends. He says, I need to connect with her. Uh, uh, He's, he's amazing. You got, you guys will love each other. But so, so, so my question is, and I, it's, it's a little bit rhetorical because believe it or not, I've been on the other end of that. Right. Right. And it happens and it happens because as a man, like, you know, you're like, you know, I'm not, I'm not fighting back. I'm not going to happen. Like, you know, not going to work, not going to work in your favor. But, Mm -mm. but, and, and so I kind of can relate, but for those that may be watching or listening, um, that, that may be in the midst of it. Right. You know, I look at it and I go, you stay in it because like you just feel like it's going to get better or they're right. going to change or um, how, what would you say to somebody that's in the midst of it that knows they want out, but they're terrified. They don't know how to get out. Okay. So the first thing I would say is a lot of times people think it's because they don't know how to get out, but it's really what keeps you there is shame, shame mm. and embarrassment keeps us there. We're, there's a lot of people that are willing to help. There's a lot of places to go for help. There's not enough places for help. Let me say that first, mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. were many more dog shelters than they were shelters for domestic violence victims, but it, it's now changed. But shame is what keeps you there. And yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it. And no one in my family at that time had gone through a divorce. So I didn't know what was ahead of me, but shame takes a lot of it. Courage takes a lot of it. That's why I work so hard with people on their courage and their confidence, because the courage comes first, then the confidence is built from that. And that allows you to have choices. But I do want to say to anybody who might be dealing with that is that you do have the capacity to handle whatever has come your way. You do have the capacity and you should dig deep to get the courage to make a shift. I know you don't know what's on the other side. I know. But I also know that what you see is not what's meant for you. With you're mm-hmm. getting and 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 let me say this too Ken. Domestic violence is a wide range. It doesn't mean that the bed is burning when you come home. Yeah. It could mean that when the doorknob turns, your whole body changes. It could mean the wrong things are said to you and you find yourself cowardly in the corner crying with your thumb in the mouth because you don't know what to do. Right. It could mean so many different things. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it does happen to men a lot because take the shame and multiply it tenfold because men definitely don't want to talk about the fact that they're in domestic violence. And right. they don't want to hit back. Everybody's response isn't violence. Right. But it will make you do things that you don't normally do. And if someone is making you do something that you would not normally do, including cut off your family, cutting off your friends, 
making decisions, turning over your finances, doing things that you wouldn't normally do. That's a form of domestic violence. Yep. Yeah. I, I, this, I honestly, I think this needs to be talked about a whole lot more Yes, because um, it's, it's a problem. And, and I, I forget, I'm sure you may know the statistic, but I think there's, there's a number of women who die from the day in, oh. in, in the U S yes, just in yes. the U S yes. Now there are I other countries it. where and it's, it's generational. Kind of it's what it's generational. Yeah. So if you've had it, yeah. there's a huge chance that it's going to go down to your children. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this, and you're a voice to talk about it too. Cause Thank you. you, you've got the, you've, you've got the power. <laughs> so uh, that reminds me of that song. I forget who did it. But, right. You've got, got the power. power. Um, so, but, but I want to say one other thing too, Ken, and I know that you can attest to this as well. If you've been through it, yeah. when you're in the midst of it, you have no idea why, but years later, when I started to tell my story, I then understood. I understood because my story needed to be told and I was going to have a platform to tell the story. But I also, when I coach women and I talk to women, because I mostly deal with women. Now, when they come to me in fear or tears or they don't know what to do, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't shape me because I'm clear that there's so much more on the other side for them. So I'm like, you can cry. Bring me the tears. Don't worry. I can hear you through your tears. Doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 I mean, honestly, um, your energy, I mean, from the moment you stepped out of that limo at the house and you're like, is this really happening? And I'm like, Oh my God, I love her energy just instantly. And, 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 and it just hurts my heart. It really hurts my heart mm. to think that you Gloria Mayfield Banks went through that. It, it really, really Thank hurts you. my heart because you are an amazing, amazing human. So, Thank you. Thank um, you. So, and, and there are a lot of other amazing humans right. going through it and, and it just, it needs to stop. It, right. it needs to stop. So. And the other thing, Ken, is it doesn't have to be domestic violence. The skill set that you need, the tenacity that you need, the capacity that you need to recognize that will push you through domestic violence, pushes you through a lot of other personal challenges that people have to deal with. That's why I love this breaking through walls, because there's a lot of different challenges. If it's not that, it is always something. (laughs) It's always something. That's right. So, so, okay. Back to when, um, look, my friend Debbie says she is a light Um, so back to, okay, now you're at, at Harvard. Can you imagine? I I thought of something you're, you're like the admissions woman now, right? Right. Can you imagine being the, the, like, imagine one of the people that you rejected, (laughs) right? They're like, wait a minute, a dyslexic person rejected me. (laughs) What? (laughs) I know. And when I tell you, it is so heavy. I'm sure. Because people who want to go to the number one business school in the world, it's a big decision to even apply. You would go out and they would be sitting on the benches waiting for their answer. It was a, a very heavy, big deal. 
I'm sure it was. I cannot imagine. How long did you do that? I was there for two and a half years. Wow. I was there for two and a half years. And because right after that, in the midst of that change, Mary Kay came into my life. And so here I am with two young children and I'm going to go through a divorce and I'm making excellent money. However, it wasn't enough. Have you ever been in that place? Hold it. The money wasn't, you weren't making enough money or you weren't, it wasn't enough as far as fulfilling money, money. Okay. Because my definition of fulfillment is matched very close with money. <laughs> <laughs> now that is not the case for most, most people. And I, I acknowledge that, that. I but it. for me, it wasn't that it wasn't a lot of money. It just wasn't representative of what Gloria Mayfield Banks knew she was worth. Mm. And I, I think that's it. a big deal for a lot of ambitious people. Um, I think that it's great for ambitious people to know that they will never be fulfilled. That's why they're ambitious. So you need to learn with that, need to learn how to live with that level of frustration that there's more around the corner for you because you see it that way. And, and to be okay with that. It's not, it's the opposite struggle of, am I enough? Because you still have that. You still have that. Like, because people, they think, Gloria, why are you so ambitious? I'm like, why am I so ambitious? (laughs) Let me give you a clue. I do not vacation where Oprah vacations. Okay. So I know there's more (laughs) and I'm okay with wanting to have it. And I'm okay with the loving, the journey to get there, but there's more. There's right. Yeah. You said I do. Come on. You don't vacation where Oprah vacations. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been on a lot of amazing vacations, which tells you that there's a lot more out here. And we're only limited by the way we see things. We're Thank only you. limited by the way we choose to see things. I, I, so, okay. I, go back to, um, I told my wife, she didn't get to meet you, but I said, make sure you're, cause you're going to oh. be blown away by this woman. Um, and I hope she gets to meet you soon. I would love to meet her. So talk about the, the moment <laughs> I can't even imagine like, Hey, Hey y'all I'm, I'm leaving Harvard and I'm joining a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know that's not what it is, but, right. but like, like people you know, thought that people sure I'm, they had to. Right. Yeah. So talk about that, your transition into network marketing. Cause I'm yeah. sure you didn't instantly become a millionaire at, no. at Mary Kay. No, no. It- you know, the journey to being number one in Mary Kay out of 3.5 million women, Jeez. 40 countries are involved. I built in nine of those countries. To The journey there was, it's, I think it's always unique for people. But for me, it was very unique because number one, I did not want to be an entrepreneur. I meant, period to climb the corporate ladder. That's why I went to Harvard Business School. Right. I wanted to break the ceiling until I found that it was brick. I thought it was glass because everybody called it a glass ceiling, but it isn't glass. It's brick, okay? And you're not going to break through it, some of us. So anyway, <clears throat> I mean, it's so crazy. Yeah. I, I just went down to my girlfriend's house because she was having a Mary Kay party. And I was like, okay, I'll come. And you're cooking, right? She's from Jamaica, great cook, still one of my best friends in the world. 
<clears throat> and I went down there with both kids. And um, there was, let's see, there was three other women there. They each had a one-year-old. So here we are, six kids. No, yeah, six kids under two. Wow. And five women at this Mary Kay party, of which I don't wear makeup. Let's be clear. I didn't wear makeup. The only time I wore makeup was to cover that black eye. Mm. So here I am sitting there. And this woman walks in looking absolutely fabulous, had a great time. We had a great time. I'm laughing. Then we all bought some. And I'm like, you know, you know, you know, we know what girlfriends of ours have money and what girlfriends of ours don't have money. Right. <laughs> and I was like, all of y'all don't have any money. And we're all leaving with a big old Mary Kay bag. <laughs> <laughs> and so I asked the woman, I said, how much does she sell? And she told me, and I was like, are you kidding me? Honestly, Ken, I looked at my kids and said, we're going to sell Mary Kay. They're one and two years old. They didn't know anything what I was, they didn't know what I was saying, but I knew I was telling them I was going to sell Mary Kay. Went home, told my mother, I was going to sell Mary Kay. She was, what? We just paid $60,000 for you to go to Harvard Business School. And now you're calling me and telling me you're going to sell lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well I, well, well, I was, you know, because we start listening to people around us who don't know what they're talking about. Right. And I love my mother. Right. She did not know what she was talking about. I mm. almost took her advice, but my girlfriend took me out to a meeting. I saw for myself, my other sister who came from Harvard Business School said to me, when I saw her, she was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Are you, you got a full-time job. You're becoming a single parent. You're making great money at your full-time job. You're busy as you could possibly be, Gloria. What are you doing? I didn't say anything to her. I just looked at her. And this is one of the best pieces of advice I've given to a lot of people. When people give you their unsolicited advice, yeah. even though you love them and you honor them, and you're impressed by them. The best thing you can go do is this. Is this? <laughs> I didn't say anything. Nothing. In my head. Not a word. Not nothing. I just looked at her. Wow. And in my head, when she called me the next day, she said, "Why didn't you say anything?" Because you know, silence is almost as powerful as a bat. They don't expect it. It comes from nowhere and it hits hard. So I didn't say anything. And she said, why didn't you say anything? And I said, you know what? I'm smart. If this is not everything is cracked up to me, I'm out of here. But as far as I was concerned, everybody who didn't know what they were talking about also didn't have $200 extra to give me every week. And honestly, Ken, I started with a small goal. It was just to make an extra $200. And what I didn't know at the time was that I needed friends. I needed to be in a positive environment. I didn't know that at the time. It wasn't important to me at the time. I wanted to work and be at home, work and be at home. Yeah. That's what I was doing. I was, yeah. You know, that work-life balance that everybody yeah. tries to get that is not available. <laughs> so I, I, I started that way. It moved quickly. Yeah. Number one, I was very intentional. I wanted money. Number two, I wasn't afraid of sales. I had already done it. Number three, I know how to study. So I went right in there and I started studying. Like I was going to learn this craft. If I didn't do it, it's because I didn't want to do it. Not because I couldn't do it. I tell people all the time, no one, no one, no woman 
can never convince me she cannot do it. You can convince me you don't want to do it, but you cannot convince me that you can't do it because you can. We we do such insurmountable, huge things. That's why I'm so um, passionate about women's capacity to do big things. So anyway. Well, I, I have a question. Yes. You told me I could interrupt you. Yes. I, I have a question. Please. Yeah. In the beginning, you said it was to make an extra $200 mm-hmm. a week. Yeah. So you stayed at Harvard for a minute. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I stayed at Harvard for uh, like a year and a half. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think the number one thing is that in you that separated you from everybody else in that first year and yes. a half? What's, um, what's the number one thing? The number one thing. I think the number one skill was emotional management. I think the number one skill was emotional management because everybody was coming, you know, like you started off with the pyramid thing. People don't understand it. Yeah. So when you don't understand something, you don't think it's good. Right. So when people don't like what you're doing, when you do it anyway, your actions, your success your climb makes other people uncomfortable. Yeah. When you make them uncomfortable, they say things. So I was getting mm. a lot of that, you know. And so yeah. quickly I learned that it wasn't important for me to explain it to you. I chose what to do. What was really important for me to understand was how I was serving the people in front of me. I quickly, quickly understood that the product would change the way a woman felt about herself and her Mm. purchasing experience. Not everybody wants to purchase the same way. That's why we have so many ways to purchase the same product, number one. And number two, I knew that making a significant increase in my income was going to impact my life. And I knew that that same impact could impact other women. And when people would come to me that I became courageous enough to invite into this career when they came to me in tears, thanking me for letting them be a part of my team. I was like, it's on and popping now. Like it is on <laughs> So the next thing I did that was different than most is I worked the numbers. People would get so emotionally attached to a person's yes or a person's no. I got emotionally attached to, did I ask? Did I ask enough people? Did I ask enough people? See, the way Mm. I see it is that there's a zillion people out here. There's a zillion people out here and everybody Mm. doesn't need to say yes. I just need a couple of good yeses. And I might have to go through a couple of hard no's to get to a couple of good yeses. Mm. But it was giving me everything I needed. Number one, I didn't know it. I needed a real positive environment. I didn't know that because of the domestic violence and because of small children and I was overwhelmed and, you know, but when I walked into that environment and I saw a plethora, I I don't know how to say the word. I always, my husband says, Gloria, don't, don't say words. You can't say. (laughs) Plethora, 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 plethora. Thank you so much. And he says to me all the time, Gloria, show me that degree. Show me the degree. Like, why can't you spell? (laughs) Well, and, and, 
and rumor has it that your husband has the very best first name on the planet. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Ken and Ken. Is that hilarious? Ken, Bank. oh it. my gosh, Ken, I got to invite your people to watch our podcast, Banking on the Bank. Yes. It's, it's a fabulous podcast. And I can't yeah. believe that I am the straight guy because he is beyond hilarious. You Kens are special. <laughs> Special. You so guys, so I saw I saw an episode where you guys were talking about sex, and I was like, yes. "Oh my god!" It was so funny because <laughs> he's sitting there looking you up and down. It was it was just hilarious. Oh, oh my god. god, you don't even know what I have to go through. When I was like, "We cannot talk about sex." Cosmetics. <laughs> he's like, "We're going to talk about it." Okay, we're going to like, okay, okay, all right, all right. I'd be crazy. I love it. That's so it, it was. Awesome. It was. Um. It was so impactful to learn some of the basic skills that everyone uses to become uber successful. And then to teach it to people over and over again is what made that climb. Because in that environment, which is called network marketing, direct selling. Yeah, which is, by the way, one of the best ways in the world to, to become very wealthy. Yes. So it it's really not, is. I, mean, I don't it's believe not, it's a pyramid scheme. I, yeah, yeah, I just of course said not. that because that's what everybody thinks. Right, right. Exactly. You gotta you have to face the reality. And yeah. you only become successful in that world and in most worlds when you help other people become successful. And that's yeah. what I became really passionate about. And that's where I became very successful. Was, helping other people become successful. So was your, was your driving force and, 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 and I want to keep it real because yeah. there are people who say they want to help other people, but they, they don't, their, their actions indicate right. differently. Um, and then there are people who actually help other people. Yes. And, and again, I realize you can't help somebody that doesn't want help. I get right. that. But right. was that, do you feel like that was your driving force is your, your, you know, it went from, I want to make all this money to, I want to make all this money and help a lot of other people make a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. So I loved your question when you said, um, what was your driving force? So I, yeah. I always tell people the driving force changes over time right. with wisdom, right. with experience and with life choices your why will change. So I came in to building my business because I wanted income. I fell in love with it because of the recognition, because I was in a negative environment and I mm. was getting the recognition. Right. Oh, Gloria. you know, they just so much recognition in that environment. And right. I grew because of the competition. So the competition was, I love competition. And so many people talk about competition and a negative force, but I believe competition is iron sharpens iron straight out of the Bible. Yeah. My best causes your best to surface and yeah. your best causes my best to surface. And that happens many times in a competitive environment. So that was uh, the, that's how my why changed over time. Right. But what they master in the network marketing arena is they master your win is tied to other people's massive success. Mm. So I inherently, when you look at my path, I did want to help people. When I was selling IBM, I wanted to help their computer solutions. When I was at Harvard Business School, I wanted to help those young, ambitious, smart professionals have a quantum leap through their education environment. 
when I started building my entrepreneurial business with Mary Kay Cosmetics, I wanted to help women increase their choices, increase their courage, find another way. They were unhappy. They were working super hard and making less money. Right now, Ken, when I tell you, listen to this, this is like blowing my mind and changing what I'm talking about. 8.4% of women make over $100,000 a year. That means 91% make less than $100,000 a year. Are you kidding me? So when everybody's talking about become a billionaire, become a millionaire, become a millionaire, I'm talking to them about how about we... (laughs) Land a hundred thousand air. Let's get there and then we'll go from there. Because I, I've done the millionaire status, yeah, I've yeah. done that piece of it. But I know to get there, you've got to climb the ladder and not be embarrassed or shamed about it. I you, you are so right. So you um I'm sure you know Larry and Taylor Thompson, and they they talk about um, the, the, you know, on Instagram, especially the yeah. Lamborghini bikini crowd, <laughs> like, like I'm going to go rent, I'm going to go rent a Lamborghini for right. a day so I can take some Instagram pictures. Right. When, when that's not the way to success, that's not the way to financial success. It's, it's climbing the ladder. Yeah. It's starting at a hundred thousand. And, and actually in today's world, even a hundred thousand isn't a, crazy amount of money anymore let's be 100 percent clear with everybody in the audience and we don't have to tiptoe around it right i, I was talking to another woman yesterday she said you know at a hundred thousand dollars a year especially if you have children it's like eating past the yep. stress reduction that people can have there's so many things that happen at that level um and so the conversation has been for a long time about equal pay for men and women. We got that conversation. Yeah. But even with that, just knowing that there's a lot of people whose awareness needs to be opened up. Because yeah. when you talk to someone who's making $60,000 or $80,000 a year, and you talk to them about being a millionaire, it sounds great. The, uh, the, 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 the education is great. All that is great, but it doesn't make them move the needle. But when you talk 60 to 80 to 100 and 110, 120 to 200, now you're moving the needle where they can run, where they can race, where they can put their energy, where they can see a path, where there's a clear strategy, where they can understand what they need to do differently immediately right now, implementable to get them to the next step and then the next step and all these things. I'm so passionate about it. Causes, decides what kind of food you eat the type of security you have, the type of care you have for your children or your parents. And we have to be loud about it, loud about it. It, 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 you said it earlier and, and I, I've in sales training, I've used this example. Like you can go watch and and nothing. I, this is, has nothing to do with homeless people at Mm -hmm. all. So I don't want any hate mail. Yeah, but 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 you can watch a homeless person stand on a street corner and make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, and there's only one reason, and it's because they ask everybody that walks by them for right. money. Like every right. single person, right. and the law of averages is going to say that they're going to make a lot more money than the average person sitting in an office at Harvard. Right, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and they will 
ask. And they, let me tell people, if I ask them, what are they going to think about me? They're not thinking about you. They don't know you. They didn't know you five minutes ago. <laughs> and they're not going to think about you an hour from now. They're really not. Right. So, you, but, but if you ask them and you can serve them, then they might think about you for the rest of their life in a positive way. And if you're, if you do it the right way with the right intention, yeah. you could do amazing things and you will do amazing things if you go about it with the right way. So, so you, 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 you started this climb at Mary Kay. You were at Harvard for a year and a half. Eventually you left Harvard and went full, full time with Mary Kay. Um, you told me, um, I I'd love for you to tell the audience how many pink Cadillacs have you owned? (laughs) It was 19, 19. That's crazy. It was crazy. crazy. I've never even been in a pink Cadillac. (laughs) No. I need to go for a ride in a pink yes. Cadillac. Yes. So, so wow, 19. And uh, yeah. what is the, with Mary Kay, what's the, you have to hit a certain level. What is that? How- well, there's pink Cadillacs as, at the director level. There's three major levels. There's the consultant. There is the sales director okay. who really teaches the consultants. And then there's the national sales director who teaches the consultants as well as the directors. And so there's different levels of Cadillacs that you can earn as well. So that is a big piece of it. I mean, it's masterful. And do you know that the pink Cadillac is the second most recognized marketing symbol out there? First is the Coca-Cola bottle, and then it's the pink Cadillac. You may never see it. You may never touch it, but you know exactly what it stands for. And I remember picking up one of my last ones. I went from the dealer to the bank, and the security guard at the bank says, they still give out pink Cadillacs. I've never <laughs> seen one. And I, wow. you know, so there's a point of pride and expectation there. Wow. That is Absolutely. so cool. I, I think so. So as you built this, you, and, and I think I, I want to, I want you to answer this, but what, what is the key to the mass? I mean, you got to out of 35, how many? How 3.5 million worldwide. 3.5 million women worldwide <laughs> representing Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. And you got to number one, number one in the whole world. That's crazy. You know, I built my retail business to $35 million in a year. And it was a very big company. I only had to deal with my piece of it. But when you're like, I trained all over the world on six continents. When you understand that you have the gift to teach and the gift to inspire and the gift of simplicity all at the same time, there's a million things you can do with that because everybody needs to understand Everybody needs to be inspired. There's a difference between being inspired and being motivated. And motivation is really important. And if we're not careful, we will devalue motivation. And Mm -hmm. when it it's the motivation that causes the mind to shift. It is not just the education that causes mind to shift because people hear this all the time. But when you're clearly motivated, you will shift in order to get the results. I have a rhetorical question again. Um, Do you still study motivational materials? I do. 
I study a lot. And, you know, it's interesting because I, you know, thank God for books on tape. <laughs> Let me just be clear. <laughs> it's a big dang on deal. I'm excited that my book is something that a lot of people look towards to understand how to break records and how to go further. Yeah. But I don't think school is ever out for the pro. You know, that's why you have so many books on your shelf there, because you always can learn from someone else. Yep. I, I was saying to someone, you always learn from someone and you always give to someone. Amen. So you give and gain at the same time. Amen. But what you give, you have to be intentional about it because you can give positive as quickly as you can give negative. Yeah. Words are either a flower or a brick. So you have to be careful. You like, you don't even, I don't think you realize that you just like open up your mouth and bombs start just dropping like bam, bam. My wife just put that up. School is never out for the pro. And, and, you know, I do know that there are, I didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. I've, I've read all of those books though. I've, I've, I've made it a life mission to never stop reading because There's billions of dollars worth of knowledge in those books. Yes. Billions, trillions. Right. I, I mean, just so much. So, so let me ask you this. What is the, in your opinion, and the number one answer to this is fear. And I, I, I think it, it goes deeper than that. Okay. Um, what stops people from, it's a two part question. Mm-hmm. The first part, and I think this, that they're related. First part is, from real financial success mm-hmm. and real happiness and joy. And I know I've been broken homeless and I've yeah. been wealthy and wealthy is better. Yeah. So like what, what is stopping people from, from having it all Gloria? You know, I think you said it when you said fear, but beyond the fear, I do think it's lack of role models when you don't see people that are close to you and how they made it happen, right? they get stuck in the, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I do it? Instead of just watching someone, you can copy cat as long as you copy the right cat. I think role models are a huge lack in people's, you know, can I possibly do that? I think that they focus so much on the top of the staircase that they miss the next step. So what I want to say to people is that, you know, it's the process. And ambitious people fall in love with the process. They are hungry to learn. If you stop being hungry for the learning process, you stop the ability of the process because Mm. you can never go beyond where you're willing to learn and change. Whenever you think you've got it, you lose it because it's no longer there for you. So I think that emotional management can I, I I just really think that we undervalue. It's not, you know, you're emotional. It's how do you use the emotions to move past the fear? How do you learn how to choose love over and over and over again? How do you not let people knock you off your game? You know, in my world where you're competitive, yet you love them at the same time, you share what you do, yet you want to beat them off the charts. I used to tell people all the time, you too can be number two, okay? Because you're not going to be number one because I'm number one. I mean, I was very bold about it, very bold about it. That is one of my favorite quotes by you, by the way. I love that. You said that at the the retreat. You too 
can be, can number, be number two. two. <laughs> I mean, I just walk in that strength. But that would fire me up where some people find reasons to complain, find reasons to judge, find reasons to put people down. And if they even had a measuring stick of how much energy that steals from their reality, they wouldn't be confused why they're stuck. Mm. It would be clear. You are completely stuck because your energy is going in the wrong direction. How did you, cause I know, and you, you sold your Mary Kay business, right? Yes. So, I gave it to my daughters. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so how did you, when you were doing this and you, you had people, um, I can remember having a, a big team at one point working yeah. for me, which, yeah. you know, corporate America is the real pyramid scheme, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, you know, and and people would just disappoint me. I thought this was going to be a rock star, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and then they they stole from me, or they, you know, how did you personally, when you recruited somebody or you worked with somebody, you poured your heart and soul into this person, and then they screw you over? How did you you talk about emotional management? Mm-hmm. How did you get through that? How, what did you say to yourself to get through all that? Right. Right. That's a very important question, no matter what you do in life, because people will disappoint you. And so um, number one, I think we always have to learn the value of a deadline. A target with a deadline Mm. will shrink your ability to be distracted because you don't have time. When you have time to be distracted by disappointment, when you have Uh, time to call people and get mad at them and have a conversation. But when you're up against a deadline and you have a target, you don't waste time in Mm. arenas that won't pay you back. Like thinking about things. They're not coming back to you because they disappointed you. You're just spending a lot of time spinning your wheels with them. Number one. Number two, I also know that a lot of people don't do what they say they're going to do because of self-esteem issues. They don't know how to tell you no. So they just disappear. They don't know how to tell you that they're afraid. They don't know how to tell you that they're ashamed, that they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure out how to ask for help. Do you know how Mm. many people have such a hard time asking for help? You know, I want to clear up and be real clear with people. You can't sell your Mary Kay business, but there are some things that you can do to give your children a legacy once you get to a certain place. And that's a whole nother talk show. But I just want to be clear with that. But, you know, Even in doing that, what you give to people in terms of time, uh, money, energy, education, strategy, and then they don't do anything with it for whatever reason, you can get all bogged down with that. And the strongest of leaders, whether it's the pastor at your church, whether it's the Girl Scout leader, whether it's the you know, the mentor at, at whatever circumstance you're dealing with. You, you remember you telling me about a friend of yours who sells a lot of cars? Yep. Can you even imagine <laughs> how he's taking them all the way to the dotted line? And they were like, no, nothing, you know. <laughs> but he can't stop with that because he's focused yep. on the number of cars he's going to move by the 30th. 
Yeah. Either you can put my spotlight on those who say no or yeah. find someone who's looking for a yes, who wants the right car for them at this time. And I'm the answer to their pain. He, he is so, um, and that guy, Frank Crenitti, he's number one in the world. And, and, and he's like, he's like, uh, the most positive person I've ever met. Like right. besides you, he's second, second most po- <laughs> Frank, you too can be number two. Right. <laughs> but, but, but like, you know, I, I think about that because, you know, all of the education in the world can't change the conversation you're having with yourself about right. yourself. Right? right. And that's what, that's where I think you were given the, the greatest gift. Mm. You, Thank you. you were given the greatest gift by your parents. It sounds like. Yeah. So. Yeah. The self-talk is big. <sighs> Gloria, I could talk to you literally all day mm. long. And I, I know that you. That, uh, that you don't have that kind of time. Wide, but uh, is there, I want everybody first off, I held it up. My green screen effect messes her book up because it's got green in it. Um, but her dress disappears. She's wearing a green shirt. and <laughs> She didn't just put her head on the book. I swear. <laughs> but, That's hilarious. You, you can see it. I'm going to give you full screen because you can see it in the background. There's oh, yeah. There book, Quantum yeah. Leaps. Go get it. It's a great little book. It is really phenomenal. So everybody should go get that. Everybody watching, if you're not following Gloria on on Facebook and Instagram, you need to change that today. Um, And it doesn't matter if you're female or male, in my opinion. I I think, Gloria, you've got so much to give the world. And I want to give you props because... We had the great Tim story at, yeah. at the retreat as well. And Craig is on here, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, great. Uh, if, if you saw, I put up some of his comments. Um, but the, um, here's one. Here's one. <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah so, Craig. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so, but Tim story said, can I tell everybody what yeah, Tim I'd story love that. said Thank about you? you? So Tim said, Gloria, didn't you didn't even have to stay. You just stayed so you could hear Tim speak. Yes. And it was amazing, right? Right. And and and, and 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 Tim starts off his talk with us like this. Everybody give it up for Gloria Mayfield Banks. Can you guys believe we have the number one Mary Kay rep in the world sitting in our presence? This woman is going places. I'm talking about she is going places like Oprah. And he started naming off all these giant names. And, yes. and, and he said, you mark my word in the next five years, mm-hmm. this woman is a world changer. And I really feel that about you. I feel like you, you. you have this energy, this, this, this um, business acumen, sales acumen, like you have this thing that everybody on this planet needs and wants, whether mm-hmm. they admit they want it mm-hmm. is another thing, but they wow. all need it and want it. So I'm so honored to have you. I feel like you're like at the beginning of something huge for you. Thank you. Thank I'm you. So honored to have you here. Like, I was, really. It was a joy to be here. 
I love what you're doing in the world, Ken. It matters a lot. It matters a lot. And the, even the title is so appropriate because I don't care how successful one becomes, we're always breaking through walls. And I always end with this, confidence in one area does not guarantee you confidence in all areas. We've all got things we want to move through. So when you look to the left, you look to the right, you look behind you, there's always areas for us to get. And that's called life. And I love that because wisdom backed by experience can bring you very, very far. Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. Yeah. And yes, everybody go follow Thank the podcast you. as well, which is called banking on banks, banking on the banks, on, banking the, banks. on the banks, banking on the banks. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And Five it's times. hilarious. <laughs> it is so funny. In fact, it it's inspired me to maybe even start a second show with just my wife. Yes, that would be great. I, I, it's, it's amazing. It it really it's 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 so cool. And, Thank you. And how long you all been married for a long time? Twenty six years. How long? Yeah, Twenty six. Twenty six. I mean, even tell that part of my story because I was a single parent. Then I went down to Disney. I met my husband. We merged two families, four children. They're amazing. We got five grandchildren that are amazing. So we have a great full life, really full life. Travel a lot. It's it's good. It's really good. So amazing. And I I can't wait to meet your husband with the best first name in the world. <laughs> very soon as well <laughs> thank you kid so, thank you jill thank you guys thanks greg yeah. i appreciate it so thank you all for watching if you haven't shared this out you can redeem yourself right now and go ahead and share this out <laughs> and and let's give everybody like follow gloria today send her like post this everywhere send her yes send me tag her, tag her everywhere i appreciate it yeah, Gloria, you're amazing. If you'll hang on for me for a minute, yes. um, I'm going to end the live stream. But thank you all for being here. And thank you, Gloria. Thank I you. just love you and your energy and everything about you. So thank you. Um, we'll see you guys later. Thanks so much.